right. Welcome to episode 187 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Hi, guys. I'm Tommy2 underscore zero. What's your name? Boy, it is... Uh, it's been a while, huh? It is... Uh, I was just talking with, with Dave, and we are right at the three-month mark since we last recorded. So... So if my understanding of biology is correct, and it normally is, this is going to be a very short episode. Because <laughs> when you've waited for three months, things happen pretty quick, whether you want them yeah, to Yeah, whatever not. the topics are, they're going to be getting into them right away. There's no uh, not much delay or messing around here. But yeah, I figure we've taken three months off. I mean... Most people I know that take three months off during the year, they're they're called heroes, and I figure we probably <laughs> fit right in that as well. So it's been a nice a nice break just to reflect, spend more time with my family, focus on my faith, obviously, and uh, now we get back to the regular stuff. And you can find me at uh, Glenn three underscore eleven on Twitter. That comment got me to laugh about as hard as you did during a prayer <laughs> one time in Cleveland, Texas. But who's the third member of our show? Uh, I am here as well, and you can find me at pointbreak underscore Dave on Twitter. So, so Glenn, speaking of being a hero and taking three months off, in our time off, did you constantly complain about what you get paid on this podcast? <laughs> um... Uh, no, I don't believe that I did that. Not at all. Oh, okay. I'm going to dance around the issue a little more delicately than David did, but say that we all know you went to the University of Texas Austin I, for your degree. Proud I've alum. definitely been there. Say that you say that you went there and got a degree in podcasting, and then you started a career as a podcaster, and then immediately complained <laughs> about how much you hated being a podcaster, and how unfair it was to be a podcaster, and how nobody respects podcasters, and how underpaid podcasters were, all while getting a three-month break between podcasts. It's a difficult hypothetical to adapt to reality. Like, I really don't think there's anything that reflects <laughs> that in, in real life, but, I mean, could you imagine seeking something that you know exactly <laughs> what you're getting into and all the information is there and then acting su surprised <laughs> it's like you're an astronaut that you file a complaint because you're on the moon this is not not at all where i expected this episode to start i'm just glad that it did start because i had to you guys saw we had the video running early which is always risky I like to keep that camera covered, <laughs> typically. I had to run into the kitchen because I stopped on the way home from work today to make a purchase that I feel like Point Break Dave had a big, a big hand in. Oh, boy. Yeah. In fact, all credit goes to Point Break Dave. And since it's been three months since we've been together, I might also mention that when I pulled into the establishment to purchase this, I was driving my oh. new truck. Well, we'll get back to that in just a minute. But Dave, I'm going to I'm going to kind of slowly bring this in front of the camera. I'm going to open it live tonight during the podcast. Last time I was with Point Break Dave, which was a few weeks ago, he pulled me aside, pinned me up against the wall and was like, "Look, man, you're doing it wrong." Ah, yes. Yes, yes. Angel's Envy. It's a good not Crazy expensive, but very good bourbon. Yes. So I uh, stopped off at a liquor store on the way home because the supply was a bit depleted, as uh, can happen after three months off. We were in podcast quarantine, and that's that's what you do. <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily going in there. I was going in there to buy bourbon, but I wasn't necessarily going in to buy this. But when I went in the store, it was like that halo of light just shone down upon it and I recalled everything Point Break Dave had told me. So cheers, Point Break Dave. Hey, Big cheers bourbon you, guy. Big bourbon podcast. I Indeed. I bought a new bottle of Angels Envy two days ago. 
I believe I. But paid, I'm not enjoying it. I believe I paid fifty-one dollars before tax for this particular bottle. Is that? That's yeah, I think that's so a too. deal. Okay, that is a deal. I didn't know if I was paying Franklin prices or not. No, no, it's usually usually it's a in the sizable bottle that you've got there. So. Yes, this is a 750 milliliter bottle. Now, I will say, this is not my usual stop because my usual stop, I've convinced myself, is priced exorbitantly high. Now, when I go to that place, I'm basically dealing with FTR when I'm checking out. Mm. I was dealing with the Singh brothers, Satnam Singh. And I feel like that is definitely an indicator that perhaps maybe the price point will be slightly different, but I'm okay with that. I did administer the Coloss to one on the way out because <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Seems to be a, unnecessary, but, you know, you get away with it. No big deal. You pushed your, or you drove your, you drove, what was your cleaning lady into the pond near your house? Yes. And let me tell you, if the cleaning lady needs to be extracted from a pond now, I'm going to be in a much better position to do so because... We're now driving with four Ooh, wheels. All right. And we are also... It is luxurious. I've ridden in the new, uh, the new Tommy so we, truck. Uh, we are also... We're, we're working with not 150. We're working with 250 uh-huh. here. Yeah. Wow. We've, we've, we've upgraded to the three-quarter ton. So we're, we're Ford committed here. Yeah, we're pot committed to the Ford. The, the new vehicle is quite large it has to uh, include a step to get up into the cab and the uh, roof does hit the ceiling of certain things so we have to be a little more careful of that <laughs> you know we've always kind of joked about things hitting the ceiling and now i actually have of the parking garage so that was pretty fun so is there anything uh this new big truck has been towing around <clears throat> the the various Tennessee area well it's funny you should ask but before we get to the reason for the purchase there's two reasons twofold we kind of have to Tarantino this slightly and I hate to do I hate to do this because I know it's cliche but the the F-150 which I believe you've ridden in certainly seen one before we had had a little incident with the F-150 that necessitated its hasty sale your dad doesn't there's, listen to the podcast, does he? There's literally 0% chance. <laughs> <laughs> there's few things I've aspired to in my life, but to earn your dad's respect is one of them. So make sure okay. this isn't okay. the episode he decides to start listening to. About three months ago, the check engine light came on, which was a little alarming because the miles were low. We were still just barely over the original 36,000 mile warranty. So we were in the so upper 30,000 mile range. interrupt you to say that if he was listening or here right now, he would have already made the comment of, well, of course, because you bought a Ford. He's very anti-Ford. <laughs> hey, what, what does Ford stand for in his opinion? I don't know. <laughs> Found on road, dead. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, what you need to do is we're going to stop the podcast. You call your dad and ask him what Ford stands for. And I guarantee you he will say that. And then I will counter with no, it stands oh, for first on race day. But That's a conversation for another time. The check engine light came on. And like any good mechanic, I drove immediately to the nearest repair shop. <laughs> and they hooked it up to the machine and they said yeah one of the uh the sensors i know you're not mechanical glenn but basically uh, a sensor that tells the position of the camshaft so the engine knows Uh, when to fire it wasn't your o2 uh, sensor uh, faulty that's my def no that's my did you just hear the word sensor sensor and that was the only thing or like check engine light when somebody doesn't know what it is i was like it might be something simple (laughs) like your o2 sensor oh really wow we'll get that checked out I was going to say, when I talk about my truck having 38,000 miles, yours also has that. There's just getting, a two in front of it. Getting correct? close there. All the windows work. Now. 
<laughs> so I picked the truck up a few days later. They replaced the sensor in probably within a day and a half of getting it out of the shop. The light came back on, which is, you know, exceedingly aggravating. But we were leaving the next day for Bristol for drag racing. And I made the executive decision of, hey, I'm just going to drive this thing to Bristol with the check engine light on. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, let me tell you, since you asked. As we were traversing to Bristol, we started to notice a lot of noise coming from the engine compartment. And this is most alarming in a new vehicle that's very quiet, and you can hear, like, clattering sounds coming from the engine when you accelerate. And was telling myself the whole time, I said, you know, this makes sense, right? There's a, a sensor that tells the engine's timing that went bad. The engine's not in time. It's, you know, it's detonating. It's misfiring. But this is okay. Like, we can baby it. So we tow a trailer all the way to Bristol. We drive all the way back from Bristol. Every time you would modulate speed, if you weren't just staying right at a consistent RPM, you would get this, like, pinging metallic uh, detonation sound. So when I got back to Tennessee after driving at pulling about 800 miles, I uh, pulling a trailer, which, yes, does add some stress. That's it's a good call out. I decided to just bypass the local mechanic and go right to the Ford dealer because I figure they know, if anybody knows how to fix a Ford, it's the Ford dealer. <laughs> I'm sure your dad would have some comments on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> lots of practice. Yeah, they get lots of practice. Uh, and there, of course, you know, because because we are living in Biden's America, they were very backed up and they said, you know, you can leave it here, but it's going to be four or five days before we can even look at it because supply chain shortages and labor cost, inflation, yeah. COVID, all those things. So about the fourth day, I get a call and the guy says, oh, hey, your um, truck's ready to be picked up. And I said, oh, um, I didn't even know you guys had looked at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, we looked at it. He's like, I got a question for you. He goes. Did you forget to put oil in that truck when you changed the oil? And I said, well, first of all, I don't change the oil. And second of all, no, it has oil in it. He's like, well, when we uh, brought it into the shop, we pulled the dipstick out and there was nothing showing. So we uh, kept adding oil. And once we got up to adding the eighth quart, it started to show on the dipstick. Wow. How many does it hold? Around 10. So we oh, were down goodness. below two quarts of oil. So you don't change it. Did you take it anywhere? I did take it somewhere, and I even took it to one of those. So I took it to one of those places where you don't get out of the car. Have you <laughs> ever been to one of those? You drive in, and they change the oil. The drive through yes. While and you're they hand you a sandwich. Oh. <laughs> was it Hardee's? I think that's your problem. See, <laughs> you were... <laughs> I don't know if I can do a better default reference than Hardy's, but you're at an A&W slash Long John Silver's and the guy offered to change your oil. You're like, I'm here. Might as well do it. It's better than if a guy, if you're at that place and the guy offers to check your oil. That's for sure. It's fair. So in it, but at that particular place, they actually bring the dips, present the dipstick to you to show you that there's oil in it before you drive off at your window. That seems really odd. <laughs> what? Yeah. Do you have to like smell it like a cork <laughs> of a fine <laughs> wine? Yeah, you kind of swish it around yeah, on kinda, the front of your it's palate. Like when you lick the spoon or the mixer thingy when your mom's making a cake. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely, that's good oil. Thank you for doing this. Yes. It's 10W30. That would make me Excellent more suspicious that you're showing me proof that there's oil in it. Because I would be like, I would have to assume it's an oil change. I'm, I'm, there's an exchange here. You take the old, I get the new. You don't have to then show it to me. Well, he showed it to me, as it were. <laughs> Antonio Brown, you? Yeah topical reference but what what the what the ford dealer hypothesizes so here here's kind of the two things we know if i was losing eight quarts of oil i would know it because there would either be a giant oil slick somewhere i was or the car would be smoking so incredibly bad that there's no way to miss it so what he hypothesized was is while this guy was adding oil, the guy below the car had not replaced the drain plug. So they were adding and subtracting oil at the same time. 
Then by the time the guy realizes it, caps it off. I've only got two quarts. I drove around for a thousand miles, including towing a trailer, and essentially ruined wow. my truck. Yeah, I don't think the warranty is going to cover that, even though you're beyond it anyway. So we, what we really need to ask ourselves now is the real question is, will the warranty of the guy who bought it when I traded it in to a Volkswagen dealership say anything <laughs> about it? So, and, <laughs> and then your solution was to get a truck that's of greater capacity and stature that might even require even more oil. <laughs> you know what they say with he who has entrusted much. <laughs> so we're no. So I, uh, I, w I, so yeah, not, to, I don't want to make this whole podcast about me, but yeah, I did buy a trailer as well. Like things are going pretty well. Things are going good here. Bought a large enclosed trailer to haul our racing vehicles around. It was it was too much for the F one fifty to handle. It, what about an F one fifty that had oil? Yeah. Would it have been able to pull it? It would have had a better chance. Okay. So I was already kind of kind of passively in the market for a larger vehicle, and this oil situation just accelerated that. Uh, accelerated that, and I kind of felt like the Ford dealer that had diagnosed it with no oil was probably off limits for the trade in. That's fair. So, enter <laughs> Volkswagen dealership, and uh, yeah, I got a great, great offer. I actually got more on my trade than I paid for. Really? Really? I did. Wow. Yes. And now I am the proud owner of a gigantic three-quarter ton truck. I've got the giant brass nuts hanging off the back of it. <laughs> Just a big... Just a huge American flag in the window with Let's Go Brandon over it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to actually turn it off when I get to the gas station when I'm filling it up because if it was running, it would never actually fill up. <laughs> you just you just reenact. You do that to reenact the whole change as you t tell the story. <laughs> it's got a 40-gallon gas tank. Lord. So... So you've been back to Bristol in the in the 250? Yeah, we've been to Bristol twice now. Yeah, we've been to Bristol in the 250. We've been to we've been we've been all over the place. We've been we've been doing a lot of racing. I feel like I Tennessee. saw a video about some of that recently. You might have. Some of the audio <laughs> of that could get on here somewhere. Could be could be spliced. Yeah. Could be possible. I, I think <laughs> I think I remember a comment of somebody had spent a hundred thousand dollars just to just to not win. <laughs> That's a very loose quote. That is that is shockingly accurate. In in Dave's reaction to that comment, the laughter that ensued. But it's oh true. Gosh. It's true. But everybody, you know, having fun. Nobody, nobody's gotten hurt, so it's all worth it. Not yet. Is it just you that's uh, that's racing in these uh, trips, or is there a, is there a youth movement too? The youth movement was in full effect in Mississippi okay. this weekend. Almost pulled really? it off too. He uh, he got right down to the end. Yeah. But the uh, the junior dragster yeah, is alive and well. I've seen uh, seen some photos. Things seem to be going pretty well. Yeah, just trying to follow in the giant shadow of Erica Enders. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like a giant shadow. I'm talking like obscure the sun, like a full <laughs> solar eclipse style Follow shadow. the eclipse. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, that's tough to do. So, Dave, what have uh, what have you been up to since since the summer passed and we get into the fall? Obviously, you've been grinding and a lot of episodes of Swole Society out there and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> oh man, actually, this weekend the the two hosts of the Swole Society will be reunited. Right? Muscle Matt's coming down for a visit, and we plan on hitting the gym every day, as as you do. Knocking out but an episode? 
There will probably be no episodes. Um, well, about, I guess, when this this episode comes out will be Friday. That Monday, I'm going to the United Kingdom for well, a week. Good day, mate. That is, uh, you've been there before, though, yes. right? Yes, but I went to, spent most of my time in Dublin and then went over to London just for okay. like a day. This will be the full, the full week is in London. It's mainly, uh, mainly a work trip, uh, but going to stay over the weekend. So should, uh, should have a good time, but this will probably be for future episodes. A lot going on in the old, uh, career of Point Break Day right really? now. So they found, they found those photos on the hard drive. So you're leaving the country. <laughs> Let's just put it. When we when we record next episode three months from now, everything's in play of Point Break Dave being destitute <laughs> and jobless to Point Break Dave sitting on a pile of money to somewhere in between. Like everything's on the table. I think it would be just a real, real shame if you had to uh had to attend a nice Premier League game while you were across the pond. Just be, you know, just be too bad if you had to do that. What sport is that what be, sport is that? It's the great game. This guy. Great game of football. That's Beautiful right. Beautiful game. Formula <laughs> One. Hey, while we're while we're speaking briefly on somewhat European centric sports, tossing around with a buddy a uh an idea. I think you guys will will get a kick out of this. So I think when we I think we've even briefly touched on this idea. So speaking in terms of Formula One, old Max Verstappen, pretty good, pretty good at the the driving the old race car. It's a hot take. <laughs> and I think one time we we briefly hypothesized if you took him down to Devil's Bowl and you put him in put him in a mini with sprint, no practice. Would he, yeah. no practice, would he win? And if so, by how much? So here's the premise of the TV show I want to create. <clears throat> so we get Max. Obviously, we have unlimited money in this scenario. Which is on the table anyway. So <laughs> within the next three Max, months, yeah. I heard. We get, we get Max and... The uh, the gimmick is we probably go like we we slowly we start very similar to F one right. I don't know if we go IndyCar that may be too similar, but maybe NASCAR maybe that's stop one. So he gets one NASCAR race, no practice at all, like he's just in the car, and then he gets another one where he gets to qualify and do like during the week practice. But then we just progressively, like, then we go to dirt track, right? And it just, <laughs> then drag racing. And it progressively gets to, like, the last few episodes are bobsled <laughs> in harness racing horses. So, I think it should also be, like, uh, very much if you're transported somewhere by a drug cartel where they cover your head and you don't know where you're going. And like he just gets out of the, you know the 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 black Escalade, and then finds out that he's like at a trailer race or something like that. <laughs> and of course, all these races, he has a headset to Christian Horner, <laughs> who's talking him through it. Who who he gets completely prepared, <laughs> like he is strategizing yes. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> See that that took a total different direction than where I thought because my original prediction was going to be he would <laughs> he'd show up at Devil's Bowl his spotter would be some some guy named like Big Country or something like that <laughs> he'd make a comment on lap two about how he felt the car was performing and then he'd be dead in a ditch like in the uh, Mesquite police would find him like three or four days later with a lug wrench in the side of his head Uh 
That'd also be pretty great. <laughs> There's a YouTube video of Carlos Sainz driving a go-kart, like going to one of those like indoor karting places and just getting in like the mix, like starting in the back and just like completely dominating everyone. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but I mean, somebody like of his caliber at the Devil's Bowl, I, I mean... Take all my money. Like if it was on a if it was on a streaming service that charged a thousand dollars a month, I would be signing up. <laughs> Especially what would be great is if if, if it was like ahead, when Tony Stewart when he used to just show up uh, to race sprint cars and not murder anyone, but he wouldn't. He would show up unannounced, and he would they would announce him as Smoke Johnson. And not under Tony Stewart, but that's what you'd have to do. It's just like, it's, you know, it's it's Chico Perez, but he just shows up and they just say it's like, you know, Juan Gutierrez in the, the 21 Taco Casa Sprint car. And the crowd's just like inexplicably booing before they even know who it is. They're just all against him and we don't know quite why. It would be funny, though, to put, put Verstappen but do like a full madhouse season where he's just racing the same guys week to week. God, they so would by like, hate him. Everybody would yeah, hate him. Yeah, by episode like five, like the entire field is trying to wreck him like everyone's Bobo <laughs> Brown. Yeah, I have a feeling they would, uh, yeah, they would They would dominate in, in almost every single one of those from the get-go. I mean, I think even on a dirt track, I think you could basically just explain the concept of what they would need to do uh, steering wise through the turns and all that and I think they would adapt almost instantly so here's the question where does it where does it start to fall off because I mean I had a whole list like after you know roundy round then it went to like the Baja like out in the desert racing like is that where his skills start not mattering as much or there's a skill gap I think he would thrive in that honestly I think NASCAR I think the, like kill in like rally car yeah. racing. Yeah, like anything that mountains. anything that requires turning left and right, I think is he's going to dominate. I think NASCAR may be trickier because there has a now again it it is all contingent on equipment. But it's not like you know Juan Pablo Montoya just dominated on ovals. Well, there's one oval he dominated something on, but <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the other competition. <laughs> He had a different target that night. But if you recall, even when he was racing, and he was in a probably mid to upper mid-tier ride, he he was top three in all the road courses unless he, you know, unless there was an incident. I mean, he was he was when this is back when Yahoo Fantasy NASCAR was still a thing, and you want to talk about a must start? J, JPM on the road course. Yeah, there's no doubt. How about this? How about we add one more layer to this and then we can move on. Whenever Verstappen is, you know, getting behind the wheel of the Burt Meyer sprint car, that means Burt Meyer's <laughs> driving the Red Bull <laughs> Formula One. <laughs> I may be more interested in that if he just if they just show up and they're like, Hey, we've got a substitute driver and it's Burt Myers. Oh well. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's like the, especially if there's no, if there's no practice or qualifying, like he just they they just drive him to the track and give him the suit and helmet and tell him to get in. It's like the hypothetical Dude. if if you just all of a sudden like it's you in your mind and everything, but you're in, we'll just say Aaron Judge's body. It's basically quantum leap is the hypothetical, but. All of a sudden, you just open your eyes and you're in the on deck circle, walking to the plate as Aaron Judge. Like, how would you? How well would you do? But for the purposes of this, I really need it to be Burt Meyer's body too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to kind of be important to the hypothetical. How many times would Christian Horner rip off the headset when he's trying to coach Burt Meyer around? <laughs> People are going to have to Google the name Burt Myers and 
uh, Bowman Gray Speedway to get a little context of who we're talking about. But no, if you could sign Max up for a full season at Bowman Gray and make a and just in in all the same like film it the same way as the Madhouse with the fake radio show and everything, I, I mean, I think I think you might have achieved the pinnacle of TV. <laughs> could you imagine how put out he would be? Just to have to be around those people. <laughs> just have to be in that city. Like, forget about being at the track or driving the car. Like, just to be in the, the like, just to be in North Carolina. Like, how put off he would be by just that. Man. He's not, he's not traveling to all these different countries and continents. He's just, just going to race at the same track 24 times, guys. It, it's, it's like the shortest circle possible with no, like no skill required at all. You just, just keep the wheel turned as hard left as it'll go the entire time. Uh, that's good hypothetical. It is. I like, I like that one. It's good content. I agree. Glenn, did you have anything else before we get into the main event? Because I, I do have one more thing, but I... I'm acutely aware of the fact that I've already dominated a lot of the start of the show. So no, I wanna, it's, it's I wanna... fine. I only had one because I had I had notes saved from July when we last recorded, and we didn't get to this, at least to my recollection. So hopefully we didn't. What's y'all's uh, etiquette at uh, sporting events and the like when it comes to the national anthem and recognition of the military? So I just, just want to, I'm not talking about kneeling. That's not what we're talking about. Like, when is the threshold of when you have to acknowledge the national anthem and when you don't at a sporting event? What, what do you, what do you think in your, I'm talking like if you're on the toilet, <laughs> do you stand up? Because that's a no. Okay, yeah. that's a, you, that's you stay seated. Well, it depends. <laughs> yeah, it, de- it depends how far into the act you are. I suppose. But I think but. that's a fair question. Let's say you walk in the bathroom. You've taken care of your business, but you need to wash your hands. Are you going to delay washing your hands while the anthem plays out in the stadium, or are you just going to go about doing what you're doing? No, I think if you're inside the bathroom, you're free to go about your business. Okay. I had no idea you were going to ask this question, but this circumstance presented itself to me this weekend. I was working on just very routine tasks on my race car right before the first race. So you're checking the tire pressure. The car next to me is running. What about the oil? (laughs) There's no need. It's... The gauge is at zero usually, so, you know. Yeah. It's just a recommendation. The car next to me was running, so the, so I couldn't hear anything. And then as I'm checking the tires, I become aware that everyone else around me is standing up with their hat off. So I deduce very quickly, well, we're either praying or singing the national anthem. So even though I couldn't hear anything, I immediately stopped what I was doing and removed my hat. Okay. Because I, I love America. So s- kind of similar situation, slightly different clientele, I guess. But this happened probably within a week or so of the last time we recorded, but I took my uh, oldest son to a Rangers game. Just one Saturday, he, he was interested in going. They had a day game, so we went. So we're walking up to, to Globe Life. And we've got a little bit of time before the game starts, but we're cutting it pretty close. <clears throat> and uh, if you've ever been there, um, you know, the the where Texas Live is and that whole pavilion area and stuff, I mean, that's where you're scanning your tickets and all that. You're not going inside a door before they scan you in and you go through security and all that. So we're outside, technically, of the stadium, but you've got speakers and stuff that are out there that are projecting the you know, the PA. So I'm about three deep in line to get our tickets scanned and everything when all of a sudden the national anthem starts. And at this point, I have, I'm, I'm like in the process of adding my tickets to the Apple wallet just to make sure it, everything goes through, you know, as quickly as possible. And so I hear it, and I'm just kind of still looking at my phone, and then I kind of I look up, and Everyone, employees, everyone has turned around, and I guess there was a flag somewhere outside, and they've got hand over heart. 
And my son, this is where, this is good parenting, setting a good example. He kind of nudges me and he's like, do we need to do this? And I just kind of look at him like, nah, don't worry about it. And I just go back to just working, you know, messing on my phone. And uh, yeah, I just kind of wait it out and then uh, we go in the game. So am I, am I the bad guy here? I think you are. I think really. I, I think as the parent, you have to set an example of patriotism for your son. I didn't know we were being joined by ISIS on this episode. <laughs> I just basically said it's not that big of a deal. If it was a big deal, they they would save it for like national events and not play the national anthem in front of like they have a chili cook-off somewhere and they'll play the national anthem beforehand. It diminishes the importance of the uh, of the song. So, okay, so now let's let's talk about the military. So you go to a sporting event. They introduce someone from the military, and what does the crowd inevitably do? I'd like clap. I'd like to just rewind the podcast to the first two minutes, and you'll have my thoughts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow. Goodness. Whoa. Oh, my. <laughs> we haven't had a draft since when? <sighs> Vietnam? Yeah, yeah, definitely the but, 60s, yeah. All right. Okay, all right. That's uh, interesting. I mean, I mean, I'm doing the Alonzo morning gift right now. <laughs> he's kind of he's right. You know, I mean, I recently flew uh, on Delta, and uh, I was like, "Really? I'm just gonna go ahead and let this guy go on first, huh?" Okay, so this is this is getting to my point, kind of. Getting back to your original point, it's kind of, uh, oh, okay, so we have to do this because you got like to the age of 19 and had no plans for what you were going to do. So you just defaulted to something that we now have to honor you wherever you go, even though we don't know the background of what you actually did. Right. And we still do pay the military, correct? That's, they're not doing this for free. It yeah, is a vocation. It, and you may have been a part of SEAL Team 6. You also may have just kind of gone through like a uniformed CrossFit for six weeks and then just kind of did some manual labor that anybody... There's an episode do. title for you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, CrossFit. Just writing that down. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Continue. So we're at, so we're at the game. Middle of the fourth inning. You know, similar situation. Uh, you know, we've got a, got a nice beer, got some nachos in front of me, and then here we go. Today, you know, we want to recognize. A marine, so I perk up because that gets my attention. That's more than just I signed up for something. That's some commitment. But it's like a guy who's I don't know, maybe thirty, and they and you know, so he didn't serve. He wasn't in Afghanistan. He wasn't in whatever. And they announced what he did. It was just something with fuel. And I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, I appreciate what you did. But do I need to st- give uh, me and thirty thousand people need to give you a standing ovation? Well, so we run fuel, into the same fuel situation. Fuel is getting pretty expensive these days. We run into the same situation. Everybody around us standing up and clapping, except for two <laughs> who are clapping. I'm clapping, but I'm not standing up. There's two sets of footprints. Feel, I don't feel it's worthy of the standing ovation now. Next two, we'll just call him Miguel, is John, who is a like a 98-year-old guy who was at D-Day, and I could not have shot up faster <laughs> for that. See, and, I and, I'm, my... and I'm right there with you, because you know what people in D-Day didn't have the option to do? <clears throat> not go to D-Day. <laughs> you know what Miguel had that's... the option to do? Anything he wanted. <laughs> Could have become a teacher. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, what, I'm, what I was trying to teach the lesson, you know, is the parenting example is there should be some differentiation there. We shouldn't just 
one deserves a little more recognition than another. So I clap for one, I stand and clap loudly, and probably gave a hell yeah, brother, to the D-Day guy. And my son thought it was awesome that this guy was at D-Day and he was still alive. He talked about it like for the rest of the day. So what you're saying is you don't have to acknowledge Butch, but you do the head of the table. There's levels. Yes. I'm with it. I can I can appreciate Butch. I can say that's good. But he's not getting fully acknowledged. No. Absolutely not. Well, speaking of the head of the table, the head of the ticket has created a lot of controversy. And and Glenn, I'm going to be leaning on you pretty heavy for this because you're the only one that's living in the market now. Yeah, it's true. But I obviously still listen to the ticket every day on the app. The stream is strong here in Tennessee. And follow a lot of fringe ticket Twitter accounts. So, you know, I... And I listened. Uh, I listened to Mike Reiner's podcast. I mean, I'm a subscriber, but word started to trickle down a couple <clears> weeks ago that something was afoot. And I think I first texted you and said, "There's no way this is real." And you were like, "Yeah, this is a thing." So, so how do we feel about this? And and I would assume anybody who even knows what we're talking about knows what we're talking about. But Mike Reiner, former. Well, the guy that started the ticket has, uh, he retired 2020. Mm-hmm. He's returning to the airwaves on a brand new fledgling competitor station. Yes. He's returning on what used to be the uh, noted rock station of DFW. And they're going with a talk format, but not necessarily sports talk like i think they're wanting to make it pretty clear that they're not a sports talk station at least his show in the afternoon but um i don't know it is it is kind of weird but at the same time i you know he, mike reiner's doing his show with mike soroy who i'm a tremendous fan of and if go back into you know, our episodes, episode 13 is, you know, actually titled Mike Soroy is my best friend. So <laughs> if anybody wants to go back and check that out. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's really cool from that aspect that some people are getting an opportunity they, they weren't otherwise going to get. Um, I, I don't think Tommy would is probably going to check out the 11 to 3 spot on 97-1 The Freak where Ben and Skin are holding the fort down for four hours. Yeah. I never listened to their show on the fan or whatever it was on, but I like skin on the Mavs broadcasts. So he's good. I I mean, he's good on that. I, he's the strength of that pair. (laughs) in, in from a radio perspective, I think the other half of that is, uh, that guy is a huge dork. (laughs) <laughs> and is just not I just don't think he's very good. <clears throat> he's really good in sales apparently, but uh broadcasting is not his his greatest strength. So besides Saroy, what other and gro- and apparently groups, like it's what groups. what yeah. other ticket fringe people have materialized as affiliated with this? Uh Julie Dobbs and Kevin Turner, who had a swim at the beginning of his career with the ticket. And then uh, Jeff Cavanaugh, but he came over from the fan. Mm. He was in the midday show, I think. He's basically the fan's version of Jake. Same age, same similar personality, not the same, but it's kind of you kind of get the same thing there. What in the world had Groove's been doing for the last... 10 years uh working for fox sports and valley sports and doing the he was doing the oh like the uh, pa at the stars games games and the rangers yeah yeah Yeah, he did the stars and the rangers i've always been a fan of julie's work i don't think she's 
a host, but I've always been a fan of her interactions on the ticket. Do you think you think people like Danny Bayless are going to end up on this as well? I mean, do you think it's already in the works and they just haven't announced it yet? I don't know. Um, you know, when he left the ticket, at least from what he had said, that money was not the reason. It was more that he just wanted to focus on other interests that he has, including basically an well, he's not a newborn now it's probably like a one to two year old kid yeah but um to be able to spend more time with family which you know we would all want to do that sure but i i think you know i listened to everything that went down around his departure but there was a certain element of him feeling like for what he was contributing he wasn't being recognized compensated whatever it is and i think that's a dangerous point for anybody in any career when you start feeling like you're doing more than you're being paid or recognized for, even if, even right. if, even if it's in a role that you like. And I think, you know, he was doing so much, you know, music and audio work beyond just the production. I think he felt like at some point he needed to be paid for it and he was getting disenfranchised. And I think he, I think him and Mike Saroy, like those are always people that Mike Reiner really likes. So I wonder if this is, almost like in wrestling when they they talk about you know the old, getting the old timers a payday kind of a thing i wonder if this is like mike's right. late in life opportunity to get people he feels like deserve it a a payday well and it could be yeah it could be in him getting one last payday and you know his way of putting over some talent that maybe he feels like didn't get the chance that they should have at the at the other station, it it is all also kind. If that's the case, it's kind of ironic because it always seemed like Reiner was the guy that, anytime anyone knew, came on the air or was given an opportunity or you know he he was always the guy that would um, keep it to tier one, basically at, at events that they had, whether it was ticket stock or the compound and things like that. That you didn't get the underlings there and i don't know if that's a absolute fact i just always had that impression i think that's uh, that he wanted to keep accurate. it exclusive so it's just kind of weird that now he's this is basically a station that's him and for the most part it's all those types of people that before he was definitely not putting over at the ticket but there, and then now he is and now he is here but there has to be some degree of I don't know if animosity is the right word, but I mean, just the fact that his show is three to seven feels really intentional. It doesn't feel like that that's a coincidence that he's doing that. Yeah, I, th I think he's pretty calculated in what he's doing. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> when else would it be? I mean, that seems like a pretty standard radio time that's slot. True. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, it, it, and it, of course it all depends on the station and the format, but I feel like a lot of the, you know, proper afternoon drive shows don't start that early. Um, you know, I think, but I mean, I think he, you know, he knows what he's doing. He wanted to go head to head against the hard line and I haven't got a chance to listen yet. I, I was apprised that the iHeartRadio app was the way to do it. I downloaded it today. I got in my vehicle, turned it on, and was immediately treated to a Jason Kidd press conference. Oh. <laughs> so, you haven't missed a whole lot. And this is, again, I was talking to somebody, I think, yesterday about this. I was like, the proper time to really assess it is not on day two. It's probably on, like, day 200 of the show. But, I mean, that's that doesn't make for great content and what we're doing what we're doing here, but I mean, so far, I mean, they, they've been doing a lot of just welcoming Reiner back on the air and him telling just his historical, all the stations he's worked at. Uh, today, I think they did a couple segments about Saroy and kind of his, his past, how he got to this point. And I don't think it necessarily makes for bad radio, but I've heard those stories sure. before, whether on the radio or on podcasts. So I was listening today and it was fine, but I already knew all this stuff. So it's not really, not really anything for me. And I, I'm more interested in the long run 
thinking more at least a year down the road, maybe a year and a half. Like when when does Reiner get bored again? And he's seventy three, so like I don't think he's doing this till he's eighty. Right. And how much how much leeway does he have if the ratings aren't where they need him to be right out of the gate too? I mean, I don't you know, I don't know what the the that station's changed formats a few times. I don't know what their appetite is for sticking with it. Yeah. I I can't imagine they wouldn't at least stick with it for a year or two, like a minimum, unless it just completely bottom out. But because they're not, I looked that up before um, they started this new show just to see where the ratings were going in. And I think uh, the afternoon shows, the, the ticket, Ben and Skin was doing the afternoon before over there, even though I think it was like two to five or three to six instead of the three to seven. So it didn't match up perfectly but i think the ticket was beating them by at least a three to one margin maybe like three and a half to one yeah so it's not even it's not even close i mean the gap is going to get smaller but i i I don't think i credit to them if they pull it off but i think they might compete but i don't think they're going to end up with higher ratings than the ticket well and in in the yeah, afternoon, it depends when the, the no- morning, the morning the and midday. I, I think, yeah, I think in morning and midday they, <laughs> they've basically just punted. Right? They're like, we're we're not going to compete as a station. We can just try to focus on these four hours, and that's going to be our yeah. core audience and, that takes us whatever they're going. And into I'd argue tonight. that's probably where the ticket's the most vulnerable right now. So if you were going to compete, that's where I would want to. I don't I don't think competing in in the mornings is even an option. No. The ticket, to my knowledge, and I listen a lot. I mean, I listen pretty much any time I'm in the car. They have not said anything about this, which would, would make sense. They don't want to tip anyone off that doesn't already know to go check it out. But th- there's been no acknowledgement of it that I'm aware of. Not, not directly. I think there's been a couple of you know very subtle things mentioned. But they've certainly... There's been... There's been new uh, ticket, I guess, commercials or spots that they, they're they emphasizing, like the relationships that they have, like with Aikman and Joe Buck and people like that who have acknowledged the station on, on sure. like national broadcasts just so, so they can, uh, you know, for those that are listening, know that they're dealing with a heavy hitter. And they've taken some other steps. Well, no, they've had, they've there, had a been, lot of cross show pollination this week i mean they had gordo sitting in on why today doesn't suck a couple days ago and they've bounced people around at different hours had corby on this morning for the football round table they're trying to yeah i think they're trying to kind of flex at the things they know they can do good right so but i mean why not compete i mean like the 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 dumbest thing you could do was just to be arrogant enough to say uh, we don't need to change anything we'll right. just you know we'll just we'll just let it go because because i mean they are dealing with a very recognizable individual and, and force in the industry this is not like the fan just hiring some guy out of tucson to do their midday show where they're just thinking hey, nobody knows who this guy is so let's give it six months and then we'll think about it like they need to combat it in some in some way so i i don't know that kind of makes sense to me that they're doing that dave can i parlay the success of the freak with aew in our bet you think they're both gonna make it i mean aew is a coffin on roller skates man it's it's dead it just but but the coffin is full. It's full of money. That's the, that's the difference. It's a billion dollars. So coffin. I was I was searching through my phone notes today because I knew we were recording and I cannot find where I wrote it down. But what was the date they have to get to? Oh, I have it in my phone somewhere. I think it was like twenty twenty four. Okay. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Twenty twenty four or twenty. But it was not that they would be out of business because it was that it was they would that still they be will... on weekly TV. Right? Wasn't that what it was? I have the terms right now. It's basically like they can still have a TV show, but it'll be so poorly viewed that it's like 
I mean, there's 10 wrestling promotions that technically have TV shows right now. Right. But it'll be in like the triple A, like no one knows what it is category. It'll just be AEW on Roku (laughs) TV. I think as long as they're on TNT, they'll get a base audience no matter what, just by the being on that network though. Yeah. I think that is a, a very on par comparison because that's one of the cells that that the uh that the radio talent on the freak are, are giving is basically hey you should want to listen to this because this is people we're finally given the people on the air have control oh yeah this is the same sales doing pitch. they've got creative control it's the same exact spiel as opposed to the big bad the big bag monster over there that controls every word so i don't know if uh like three or six months from now, the like whoever the highest up at the ticket is going to retire. Cat, cat, Catman's <laughs> son-in-law is going to take over, <laughs> and then and then we're going to get everything we want all of a sudden. If it's going to mirror the same, yeah, either that or Reiner's going to be having a real weird press conference where he's alternating between talking about a cookie company and shooting on everyone. <laughs> I think the whole situation is kind of weird, but I mean, from my perspective, I don't think I have an interest really in what they're doing in the morning and midday over there. It's fine. Like I know what I would get, but I just don't, I don't need to seek it out. But in the afternoon, I, if there's not something else I need to listen to, I need to get a a decent amount of Pat McAfee time in every day. But as, <laughs> As long as I do that, um, I just switch back and forth, just kind of segment to segment, depending on what they're talking about, and I'm comfortable with doing that. You, If you want to take my rating, you can pretty much just split the baby, and, and that's fine. All right. Well, I want to end us with a, a little bit of a deviation, not not into deviance, but just a deviation, because there was, was one other thing I wanted to tell you guys. I, I've... I've run into an issue. So Dave, he's you're what, you're leaving Monday to go to the UK? I am. I, I was also supposed to be leaving next week for international travel. But oh, you wow. notice I said that in the past tense. I said I was to be. Uh oh. So here's the here's the conundrum we were faced with. And th- this created a lot of angst here in Franklin. So is this good? I mean, is this like interesting international travel or are you just going to Mexico? You think I would go to Mexico? Well, maybe. Under the right circumstances, I think you would. No, this is more that this is more in line with that. Not Mexico though. <clears throat> we we were going to the Dominican Republic. We were oh, uh we were gonna go to the right. bar where David Ortiz got shot. Hmm. Try to adopt a five tool. Yeah. Kid. Looking for somebody Good with middle infielder, eighty grade, yeah. Come back with a shortstop. We were. Were you going to go to one of those resorts where, where people were poisoned by the alcohol right, that, they were serving and died well, in the rooms? I bought this Angel's Envy, just in case <laughs> needed to bring my own. We were. Uh, we were taking a trip with several other couples. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, a, kind of a, a retreat. <laughs> is, a couples retreat. If you That's will. correct. Yeah, we were. Wow. We, we had figured out how we were going to pack the fishbowl. Well, I was holding the uh, sandals hedonism flyer <laughs> up we in were, the air. And he's circling. <laughs> I don't know what I think about the area you're circling there. That's. We're going to put some <laughs> bubble wrap around the fishbowl. Get the keys. That's why I got the F two fifty. It's got a big key. <laughs> important. <laughs> This, so there was kids involved uh, in this. This was gonna be family oriented. The uh, oh, you know okay. typical what you'd expect. It was it was a nicer resort. It was it was this was a substantial outlay of cash. There was a water park involved, and it, this was gonna this was gonna be a big deal. But we you know pretty much all adults in this traveling party were turning forty this year. So this was this was positioned as hey this is a this is not a every year trip. This is a this is a big event. So um, the hurricane that, that came before Ian hit Dominican Republic pretty heavy. 
and information coming out of there was scarce. But originally, this this the hurricane hit sometime in September. And originally it was like, yeah, we're going to be closed for about a week to take care of some damage we sustained from the hurricane. And then kind of the next domino to fall was I got an email from the golf course. And then we're talking Oceanside, $400 greens fee. And they said, hey, we're going to be closed for months because of damage sustained from the hurricane. We're going to have to cancel your tee time. So now I'm starting to get a little suspicious. Well, the the website for this particular resort, every Friday or so, they would just extend the date back another week. And it would be like, hey, we're going to open again on the 20th. Well, no, we're going to open on the 27th. No, we're going to open on October 1st. Well, then about a week ago, I went to the website and it said, we're probably not going to open until December. Uh, it's We're done. Uh, they got hit really hard and they finally fessed up to it so now our our plans are ruined right we we can't go it was all orchestrated around fall break in tennessee which oddly is a week i don't believe that's the case in texas is it no we're about to do that but it's just a yeah kids for a full week so this was you know this is a very specific time so then we're faced with a choice this is where i want to get you guys opinion so we, we we essentially had no time we have you know two weeks or less to plan so the so the options are are thus just Step back and get a refund and replan for some other time. Uh, two would be go somewhere else on short notice if you can find something. So like, okay, well, now we're going to go to Cancun. And hopefully they have some kind of a resort that still has a room and we can get our planes switched over. Or the very sketchy option three. There was one resort in the Dominican Republic that somehow was going to power on because it's what everyone would have wanted and remain open in the hurricane ravaged country <clears throat> i yeah i don't think you do that option three is off no, the table i don't think so either what yeah i don't think do your own research resort is is where you why go, like where you go for this type of trip and given i've never been to the dominican republic i'm sure the resort areas are nice doesn't seem like trying to weasel the one resort that's still open over fully open cancun is in any way worth it no the only the only reason that's worth it is the plane tickets for any of those destinations are very expensive so changing course you're you're looking at probably a four-figure expense where you already have your plane tickets to the Dominican Republic locked in. So that would be, that would be the reason. So here's kind of where this is kind of where we ended up because it was, it was a very heated debate. So there's four families that were going. Oddly, the one that is in the profession we talked about in the first uh, three minutes of the show pulled the old, look, I got to have a vacation. I can't not have a vacation. Like, I am so fried that I have to have a vacation. So that family decided against medical advice that they are going to the Dominican Republic and they are going to go to this very off-brand yet open resort. And the other three were like, yeah, good luck with that. And uh, where we ultimately landed was we were going to delay our trip and go to the Dominican to the same resort uh, at a later date at a time of our choosing. Because at short notice, okay, we would have just been taking too much of a downgrade in accommodations. Now, while we would have paid more for plane tickets, we would have saved money on the accommodations. But just, you know, we were amped up to go stay at the Bellagio and staying at uh, O'Shea's was just not really... <laughs> Just not really in the cards. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're staying at O'Shea's when everything else is closed <laughs> down. But here's where it gets awkward. So th- I I respect everybody's right to decide, but one of the other adults that decided not to go played this card on the couple that's going. You know, I mean, if I went, I think I'd just be going to look to do some volunteer or mission work there to uh, help the people out. So how do we feel about that? Do is it uh, is it flaunting your wealth to go to a resort, or as the 
gentleman who's going retorted, hey, I'm helping keep the economy afloat by contributing my American dollars into their much-needed system when everything's closed. I'm keeping people employed here. That's but true. the guy that the guy that uh, took the shot, he was all primed to go vacation, have a good time. Oh yeah. But now that he's right. not, now he's reversion course. Yeah, that's garbage. Well, I wanted to call. I wanted to call well, them all that, in and say, hey, you know what? If you want to go volunteer and and live in a tent for a week and and you know clean up, uh, you know blighted buildings, like I'll go with you. Let's go. And just see, and just see, and just well, see how quickly he folds his hand into the middle of the table. The other, and the other point would have been, hey, you know what? They definitely didn't have before the hurricane hit, like poverty <laughs> and people in need. Like you, you should have been going over there to do that anyway. It had nothing to do with Hurricane Karen that came through. I think, I think that's, that's what actually it was, right. Even though I feel yeah, like you were going for comedy, there. I think you are correct. No, I, I I just knew it was a K because Ian is is uh, wait hold on, H I J K. How did that? How did I get there? Yeah, how did I get there? Unless it no was idea. Karen with a C, because most of them are. <laughs> well, I mean that's kind of goes without saying. But we yes, but but at some point okay, yeah maybe well, that guy's maybe, a bad person. Yeah, since we do one episode every three months, probably the not the next episode, but the one after, we'll we'll have a trip review for you. Now nah, we'll we're gonna get back on the horse here. Obviously not next week. Dave will be in London. I will actually be just outside of Chicago, Ooh. traveling for work for the first time in over two and a half. Tie one on. And Tommy will, and Tommy will not be I in the Dominican be. Republic. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, this is kind of a first impression with uh, leadership at a read the my, room. Uh, new employer. <laughs> no, I don't think. Uh, I don't think we're going to go down that road. We're going to play it pretty straight. The only thing I've done so far is uh, done a little research where we're staying and where the closest gym is. Hey, I. It's kind of I, what I found I'm a gym at. next to the place we're staying in uh, London. It looks pretty legit. I'll let you know if it's yeah. as good as the St. Louis Fitness Factory. <laughs> nothing, nothing can be unless it has a <laughs> ramp, because <laughs> because it, it used to be a parking garage. Nothing could be as good as that gym. It's the what was that guy's name? Brody. Brody. The <laughs> front desk like guy. Dune. <laughs> I tell you what, cancel your Dominican trip and go help Brody. That's what that guy should do.